Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck and I'm joined here with my daughter, Paige Baumert. Hi, Paige. Hello. So Paige, today we're going to be talking about something that you probably haven't experienced yet, but I want you to know you might have been part of learning this lesson for me. So sometimes a parent, you know, feels like, have I done enough for my child? I've done everything I can. I'm trying to give them the best of absolutely everything. And yet they still make decisions that make me go, what? Why are you making that choice? And so we're going to talk about how to cope with other people's choices and what to do when our children, despite our best efforts, seem to go off track or in a different direction, a way that we even think might not be good for them for their future and and how we can still be of service to them, what we can do for ourselves and for them during that time. But before we talk about that, we have to talk about a fun family activity. Now, Paige, I know that you've been visiting some of your uh, newer relatives, so your husband's grandparents, and you have recently done something we have done in the past, and I think this is a really a fun family activity to bring up to people because not only is it educational, but it it really is interesting, fun, and creates a lot of bonding. So what have you been doing? Yeah, so we've been visiting his grandparents. And the other day, they took us to see some of the local cemeteries where a lot of their family is buried. And, you know, us being some of like family history nerds, um, we're like, oh, you know, we should really take pictures of headstones, you know, put it up on family search and on find a grave, you know, and all these things. Um, but it was really cool to see the, you know, where they were buried and to hear stories from their life. So uh, his, my husband's grandparents, they are, what is it, like third generation living in the house that they are, which is really cool. Because, you know, there's a lot of history about the house that we're staying at. Um, But they know they've been in the same part, you know, of where they live for about 100 years now. And so they know a lot of history about the area and about the people. And, um, oh, so-and-so, you know, oh, this was actually his second wife, you know, (laughs) stuff like that. But it was so cool. I know. (laughs) It was so cool to walk around these cute little cemeteries and just hear different stories about, you know, family that is buried there. And um, so that's something that I love doing. Um, and yeah, we've been hearing, you know, stories from his grandpa this whole time we've been here about like when he was a school bus driver and when he was in the army or military or I can't remember which one. Um, but just all these different stories that he, he'll just spit out. And it's so fun to just listen to them. Um, but yeah, just hearing stories from older relatives is so fun. Yeah. Okay. So this is it. It really is fun. So when you guys were little, we always would go to the graves on Memorial Day or sometime around Memorial Day. And we're going to go with grandma and grandpa and we're going to hear stories about people. 
and you know not just bring flowers but we're going to be like who are these people and who are we and let's get to their roots and we often brought big sheets of paper and crayons and you guys would rub you know the the headstones so you had images of the headstones for something kind of fun to do there and we would take pictures but we did that because when i was a child my parents and grandparents did that. I remember sitting at the graves with my grandparents, hearing stories I had never heard of before. And it was just so interesting to me. You know, families do have the obligation to help a person really develop their identity. And that's where identity is rooted, is within the family bonds and within those family ties. And so if you never tell the stories of your family to your children and grandchildren, then they lose that privilege of gaining that piece of their identity of who they really are, you know? So this is huge that they did this for you. And like you said, it's fun. It's interesting. I mean, it may seem like we're going to a cemetery. That's not on the must-see list, you know, for most places in the world. I say for most early mid-20s people, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's not like, let's do that. Or maybe, you know, you're your adolescent children are not like, yay, cemetery. But I have to tell you that those moments with my grandparents in the cemeteries when I, I was little and when we would go on trips and they would point out homes where our ancestors had lived or mines that they had worked in or things like that, I, I felt something in my heart. It was like a call to me, like, these are your people. This is part of your story. I like a connection. And it, it was, it was, and it not only created a connection to those people from the past, but a connection to my grandparents even more. And so then I started wanting to do genealogy with my grandparents and, and study more of that. It was, it just like awoke something in me um, that was really, really powerful. And so I wanted my children to have the same kind of experience. I don't know if, if we did it as well as my grandparents did it, but, but I'll tell you what, I can't, I can't go to a place and pass by a cemetery and not want to look, even if no one I know lives there or lives there, was buried there. Same with a bookstore. <laughs> okay, that's true. But I guess I just feel like each one of those headstones represents lives, stories. I want to know them, you know, and it's just so interesting to me. And and so, and there's a lot of people that, you know, when they're young, that can be woken up in them. And it not only draws them to history and to the story of the world, but it also ends up helping them recognize more of who they are and what decisions and choices they need to make. And, and it bonds them to the people telling the stories too, which is beautiful. So yes, go to the cemetery. There's a fun family activity for you, something you might not think <laughs> in your everyday travels. Okay, so today we're talking about what to do when your best doesn't seem like enough and when other people are making choices that you really wish they wouldn't make and how to cope with that. And we're going to be looking at this through the lens of self-government. So Paige, explain to us what is self-government. Self-government is being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation and possessing a knowledge of your own behavior so that you can control them. Yes, this is self-government. This is the recipe for freedom, tons of freedom. This is the recipe for true self-discovery, what you're really able to do, um, conquering your vices and laying a foundation for yourself. And when we teach self-government, in the teaching self-government program and, and course and stuff that you can find more uh, out about if you go to teachingselfgovernment.com, 
we teach different skills that, that people need, like following instructions, accepting no answers and criticism, accepting consequences, disagreeing appropriately, how to correct yourself and others, pre-teaching yourself for success, how to hold yourself accountable, how to communicate well with other people, how to problem solve so that you have really examined the best decisions to make. I mean, there's a lot of different things there and they are all built on this principle of self-government as well as the principle of identity and roles. Like we were just discussing with our family activity, you know, how important knowing who you really are is and where you came from and how that's so foundational to a person's happiness and success in life. Yeah, for sure. And so I think it's really important that we do talk about those things and how we can really cope, especially with our own feelings when we feel like we've done our best, but people, you know, don't make the decisions that we've trained them to make. (laughs) Yeah. So Paige, you're just starting on this parent journey. You've got this little one in your, in your belly, right? And you're just getting ready for her to arrive. And, and I bet you in you, in your heart, there's already this, like, it's going to be like this. You know, I'm going to do this. She's going to be like this. We're going to have the best life ever. Yeah, no, definitely lots of uh, hopes and dreams. But also there are a few fears. I'm like, okay, you know, I've, I've seen things happen. And when parents do their very, very best and have, you know, the best hopes and dreams for their kids. But like, what if this happens? Yeah, because it doesn't always turn out. We dedicate our whole lives to helping the children have success and, and it's just like with our spouse, we give everything to our spouse, we give everything to our children, we want everybody to make the best choices possible, right? And then they don't choose what we would choose. We're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, we have talked about this, we have shared <laughs> principles, we have had discussions, we have read books about this character trait, we have, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is, we have done all of these things. How We've worked through mistakes be... like this. <laughs> yeah, how can this can be a confusion still? And and let's talk about that. Why is it that even when a parent does everything that they can, they, they try their very, very best to give their child the best, why is it that a child can still go off course? I mean, we all know the story of, okay, the pastor's child, the minister's child, you know, the bishop's daughter, the, you know, whatever, um, you know, these people who seem to be like right on the mark with everything else. And, and yet they still have a child who... Ah, struggles and doesn't, you know, do all the teachings that the parent fully understands, you know, how, how does the parent deal with that? You know, I mean, it it can be really discouraging. We're going to talk about that in a minute, but why does it happen Paige as a person who was raised with a mother who teaches all over the world, freedom, (laughs) self-government, all this kind of stuff. And, and we know that you went off to school and you weren't uh, perfect the very second out of the shoot. Well, I wasn't even perfect before I went to school. So (laughs) exactly. Okay. So, and I never said my child is perfect. Other people might assume Nicolene Peck's children are perfect, but they are not perfect. (laughs) They're still people. And in your prefrontal cortex wasn't fully developed. You're going to be still learning and growing and testing. And, Mm -hmm. and, and then we have to hope that that foundation that you've been given is going to support you all the way through. And hopefully we still maintain a relationship so that you will come back to me and say, "Uh, mom, I'm having a problem. (laughs) Yeah. Could you like help sort me through this? Because I don't really like the direction this is going, which did happen with you you and Quinn and, you know, and London. And so far that has happened that that you guys have come back to me and you said, Hey, what about this? But Mm -hmm. you also have done a few things and gone, I don't know if I should have done that. Yeah. Well, that's because (laughs) everyone has this thing called agency. 
So uh, people make choices. <laughs> and a lot of times that agency, um, which agency is defined as, um, you know, a lot of people think making choices, but it's really choosing who or what you will follow. That's what agency really is. And so even though, you know, like you said, I've had an amazing upbringing um, and, you know, been taught lots of amazing principles, there have been times where I have chosen to follow, um, you know, different desires that I had that maybe went against what I had been taught my whole life, you know, or yeah, like, oh, I'm going to watch TV for like this many hours or I'm going to, you know, (laughs) yeah, or whatever, like, oh, everyone's doing that at college. Seems like a fun thing to try. Wait a minute. I'm somehow sucked into the TV, you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, I mean, you, you tested a few things. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's because, you know, it's, we all have the ability to choose for ourselves and to choose what influence we're going to follow. And so, you know, obviously the biggest examples of that agency are taught religiously, um, you know, between right and wrong, good and bad, true and false. Um, but it's, it's not always, it's not always like that per se. Um, it agency is in every facet of our lives. Mm-hmm. Well, there might be a person that chooses to get into a lifestyle Mm-hmm. or or even eating or drinking certain things or whatever where you're like wait a second yeah. like we were clear on that is not healthy you know mm-hmm. or whatever it is and then somebody gets in with some friends and they change their well, I'm gonna try this or I'm gonna whatever but you know what I've found and I hope this will this will give parents um of hope and, and this is a biblical principle Uh, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. It doesn't say immediately he will not depart from it. It says when he is old. Okay. So let's remember that. Okay. So people end up becoming the best version of themselves, hopefully over time as they go, I think I messed up. Like I was just at church recently and there was a man there who I haven't seen him for years. I mean, we're talking years, been going to the same church congregation for a long time. And, um, and he was there with a family member, uh, with his mother, sweet, sweet little old lady. And, and I knew that he lived in the area, but he hasn't been there for a long, long time. And he came and I, and I, I reached out to him. I said, Hey, you know, how you doing? And, and we talked, we had such a great talk and he just brought just such a smile to my heart and, and to my face. I think he probably thought I was a little too giddy, but, but he was so happy to be talking with me and to be there. And, and you could tell that as people were talking to him, he felt like he'd just been brought back into a family. You know what I mean? Cause mm-hmm. a lot of times, a lot of times church congregations feel like that. Right. Yeah. And, and it wasn't like we brought him back. He decided I'm going to go to church today, you know, and he just came and everybody was like, Hey, so nice good to, to see, see you. you. Right. Yeah. And everyone's like, what's going on? And what's with this? And, and everybody's talking to him and, and I'm, I'm thinking, okay, this is exactly what happens though with our children as we train them in so many things like this health wise, this moral wise, this, you know, religiously, this, you know, academic mindset, this, whatever it is, we teach them all the things that we feel like we have gained the best of our knowledge and learning, you know, and, um, and then sometimes they get out there and there's other people doing different things. And they're like, I want to try that. I want to do that. That doesn't seem so bad. That person seems nice, you know, whatever. And even if they had this foundation, they still could try some stuff, right? Or, or make some decisions that seem not wise. 
and we might worry and um and and it it's it's hard and and i tell you firsthand i know it's hard i'm going to explain the story to you here in a minute but um but when they are older and this guy truthfully i've known him this guy at church i've known him since he was probably in his 30s until now he's like probably in his 60s you know 50s and 60s and he is switching his life in a different direction and i think how cool is that you know how cool is that so and and what is he turning his life toward the way his mother's life is and here he is seen her example and seen that it's really blessed and benefited her in a way that that. he now values yeah he told me that he actually said i don't know if i could phrase it exactly exactly the way he said it but he said something like um you know i just see all the good that you people do and all the happiness that you have and and i just wanted to to come and be part of that Hmm. he sees it he sees he sees his mom he he sees it and i'm like it's just proof is in the pudding you know or the fruits right of the tree the fruits of the tree there it is and um you know by your fruits you shall know them so so your example never ever ends with your children and so don't forget that even though they have agency they have they have uh, the will to make any choice that they want to, they can be out of control or they can be in control. That's one of the parts of self-government we talk about a lot with your own behaviors. They can choose, they can choose happiness. They can choose anger. They can choose, they can choose all kinds of things. And ultimately they will make their own choices for their lives. And we have to be ready to be the parent through those decisions, even if it's not the ideal, it's not what we have. And ready to be okay with it too. Well, maybe not okay with it, but ready to, love and support that child even though you can see further ahead in the future and how it's not going to turn out well but you have to be willing to be like okay i'm just going to be there i'm going to you know give them love give them advice when they ask for it and you know not take it personally exactly that's super huge important. super important like a lot of parents would be like i well i that's a shame to me. I can't you disown you know, uh, my child. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I am taking a moral stand here. You are not my child, Like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, um, Cause like the moral is the real moral is if you want to go down to principle here, there is a, an inspired structure that people learn and grow in. And it's called family. <gasps> no, and no, it is. It's very, you know, it's like the first group of society ever, 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 ever family. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the, and when a person comes to the world, Oh, a family. Wow. Amazing. So here's family. <laughs> it's this inspired group. Um, and it's, it's a structure that people have to have and have to live by. It is a principle that, that we live in families. I mean, that it's that yeah. big of a deal. And so, and so what we need to remember is we always have to maintain that family bond, even if that person is doing things they shouldn't do sometimes even if they're toxic because i know some people you know they have people in their families they're like that person is toxic for the whole group that doesn't mean that we dismiss our love that doesn't mean that we stop caring we might have to find new ways to you know try to to nurture a bond or at least a love in our hearts as well as setting new boundaries but the family must maintain right Mm-hmm. We've got to, we've got to hold that, that banner really high. Okay. I need to dispel a myth page. It's not, <laughs> I mean, to you, it's no surprise, but, but it might be a surprise to other people. I think that there are people online and, 
and just around when they talk about Nicolene Peck or the Peck family or they see the BBC show, they're like, holy cow, like that family, you know, those children never, ever make mistakes. They are absolutely <laughs> perfect. And I'm like, could we please not promote that myth? Um, here's the thing. If you find things about the Peck family that you want to, uh, to learn lessons from, maybe even look up to that is the greatest honor to us ever. Cause we are just trying to make the world a better place really? a little bit by a little bit, you know, any way that we can, but we know that we're not perfect people. So just so you know, okay. No we know kidding. And, and we make mistakes. Okay. And, and all of my children, you know, make mistakes on a regular basis. You know why? Cause they're not done yet. Mm -hmm. I mean, a person's prefrontal cortex is not fully developed until they're 25. My oldest child just hit 25. Okay. Just at 25, <laughs> he's been, he's been a pretty mature soul, but let me tell you what has happened to him. Um, and this is something I haven't really ever talked about. And that's because I, I didn't feel like it was my place to say, um, but now he's been pretty public about things. And so I'm going to go ahead and be public about this. Um, so my oldest son, uh, a while ago, uh, almost three years ago now, uh, got married to a gal. And we didn't get much chance to meet her. I, I saw her, I met her one time. I took him out to dinner because I was speaking in the area. They were across the country from me because they were at a different school that was far from home. And, um, you know, we had some video chats and a few phone calls here and there, but it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of depth that we had there getting to know her. And so, you know, we didn't really have a great opportunity to help vet her. And truthfully, I think my son, because he was the oldest child and he always just did everything and everything turned out right and whatever, he just thought, I got this, I'm going to pick the girl for me. And I think this is it, you know, so they date for six months, they get engaged, they're engaged for six months, you know, they get married. And, um, and we were hoping for the best. Uh, we saw a couple of little things that seemed like, I'm not sure, but, but then, you know, and no one's perfect. No, exactly. No one's perfect. But then here's the thing is I brought it up to him. Hey son, you know, are you sure? Cause I said, you know, there's a couple of little things. I don't really know her that well. I could be wrong, but like, there's some things that I see and, you know, and he knows mom's going to just, you know, help wherever she can. And, yeah, and try to give to the say, benefit of the doubt as well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, not thinking bad of anyone. And he said, yep, yep. So um, at the beginning of this little, you know, union, I said a little prayer, you know, just asking, asking God, hey, help me know what, what I need to do here to help this little couple, if, if anything, you know, because I just wanted them to have the most success possible. And I got this little message, like I just, cause I just like opened my scriptures and all of a sudden I opened to these scriptures about fear and it's like, fear not and be not afraid and like, be not afraid of what? <laughs> I'm like, what? Okay, fear not. What am I, so, you know, not fearing? And I thought, okay, I'm going to hold on to that um, because it is true. I don't know her that well. And I'm going to be not afraid. Okay. And fear not. And um, anyway, time goes, they get married, right? And then it's very clear to see this was not a really great idea. Try as he might, he, he tried. He used all of his self-government possible. Uh, he tried his best to, to, and I'm sure she put in some efforts as well. Um, but we, you know, really saw things from, of course, his side of things. Um, but there was some pain um, that he experienced. And um, he, 
you know, some conversation. Yeah, some conversations. I'm not going to dive. It's not my place to talk about other people's things. But, you know, him coming to me very distraught saying, Mom, what about this? Is this is this normal? Mom, mm-hmm. what about this? Uh, I have tried to handle it this way, this way. And I'm like, well, that's the principled way. And he's like, but Mom, still there's there's this, you know, and, and what do I do? And 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 helping him through it and trying everything that he could, um, you know, even even going to marriage counseling and attempting that. Um, and, uh, you know, he was committed, but of course everybody has to be committed. And anyway, and so in the end, he just knew that it was uh, not, not going to be good for him. It wasn't going to help him uh, or her or really, I mean, or yeah. her really, yeah. but, but it wasn't going to be good for them for the long term. And this was heartbreaking, uh, you know, for him. And he, he really did uh, just his heart just really, really broke over quite a period of time during this marriage. And then of course, you know, he had to go through a divorce and, and that's hard. And, you know, and as a parent, your heart is just ripped out because your child is having to go through this and, and learn these kinds of lessons, which you hope they never have to go through, which, you know, I've never been through myself. So it's hard for me to fully even, you know, understand absolutely everything that's happening to him and that he's been going through, especially because I've never been treated the way he was treated and I've never been through that experience. So Anyway, um, yeah, it was hard. It was really, really hard. And, uh, you know, so he, he went through this experience and, and in the meantime, he, uh, hurt his leg and he tore, he tore tendons and meniscus and all these kinds of things. He had to have surgery. He's in the middle of all this other kind of stuff. And it's all happening at the same time. And you just see your son and you're like, is he going to drown? Cause it seems like he could drown right now. He's got school hanging on him. He's got a, he can't walk or move. He's going through a divorce. He's whatever, but you know, I got to tell you something that boy who thought he could do it all on his own because he's the oldest child. And because he, everything he always tried just went well. And he had a strong stickity to it. You know, he was persistent <laughs> and he, um, he always just accomplished whatever he was going to accomplish. Well, I'm going to, if I'm going to go to school here and get done by here, I'm going to do it. And boom, sure enough, he always did it and straight A's to boot, you know, I mean, that's just always what he did. And so he was a little proud thinking I'm going to go through all of this myself. And then he was like, I can't. And I remember, you know, the day we're helping him move out of his apartment uh, where he had been, you know, married and living in this apartment, we're helping him move out. And, and I remember his, him just hugging all of us and just bawling and just like, how am I going to get through this? And his younger brother and sister saying, Quinn, we are so proud of you. We are proud of you. You are doing the right thing. You are making sure that you guys have the best chance at the best life and you are acting on principle. This is the right thing. And, uh, it was, he just, he just absolutely melted. I thought I was going to have to scrape him off on the sidewalk on that December night. 
And it was beautiful to see that, that he, he realized how much he needed all of us right then in his life. And, and then the hardships in the marriage had actually kind of pulled him away for a time. Well, because, yeah, because she didn't, well, I don't want to get it, but she didn't want to bond with family. This was a very hard thing for him Mm -hmm. because he's all about family and all of a sudden to marry someone who, you know, doesn't want to bond to family was huge. He was like, what, you know? (laughs) And, and so then he decided to kind of pull away for a while to see if that could appease her and it would make her happy and stuff. And, um, anyway, obviously that wasn't the solution and it didn't make her happy. So anyway, I think that's why that moment was so crucial for him. Yeah. And, you know, and he just was all in with the family. He just, he was like, okay, you know what? I am all in with God. I'm all in with the family. I'm all in. not that he had ever been all out. Okay. At all, but he had tried to please this other person. Uh, and so he, he felt distanced from many of the things that were so important to him. And so to come back to who he was, to his roots and his family and his, his relationship with God, which truthfully during that whole marriage was his rock. I mean, that was like, how do I get through this? You know? And, um, just so awesome to see how he's grown. I mean, he has so matured. He's like a completely different guy. Um, and do, do I wish my son never went through that experience? Oh yeah. My mama heart says that hurt bad. We don't love for people to have to hurt, but my logical side of me goes, you know what? He will understand people differently because of this he will be able to be a source of strength to so many people because he has been through a lot and he had, yes, you might say your child had the perfect upbringing. He did. He had the perfect upbringing. Um, I worked really hard at that. Okay. And, and there was a lot of things there. And so when hard things came, he reverted back to what he knew and it stabilized him. That didn't mean that he still didn't end up having to go through this hard thing. He did. He still had to go through. And then at the end, he he came way back to, okay, this is who I am. And you know what? When I am now going to look, you know, when I'm ready in the future and I'm looking for that that special someone again, boy, do do I have a whole different plan of approach here? Like that person is going to meet my family on a regular basis that we are going to make sure they want out of family what I want out of family. Religiously, we are totally on the same page, you know, even though, you know, he thought he was before it didn't turn out to be that way. So there was, there was just a a lot of stuff there that was really hard. And um, yeah, he knows where to put more effort in now and he does, you know, go through things with a fine tooth comb. He doesn't. He's he's gone on lots and lots and lots of dates now. He has been and popular. <laughs> very, yeah, and he's got it. He's got a little girlfriend right now. We'll see where it goes. Um, but you know, he's like, hey, can we come see Porter soccer game with you? Oh, you betcha. Hey, can we come over and see you on Sunday and for dinner? And oh, you betcha. And they just come over and come over. And we see him and and um and he's like, okay, and I'm going to see her family. And then I'm like, good, because you should, because like you guys have got to make sure that <laughs> bit is really solid, mm-hmm. right? Because if the family does not approve, chances are 
it's going to be a hard go because you were raised by that family, right? So you are like those people. If those people don't gel with the person, chances are, even though you're smitten, you probably won't gel with the person after a bit either too, right? So anyway, I, I just want you to know that. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty hard bump, you know, to go through in the road. Um, but he went through that. And, and have my children been through other bumps in the road? You bet. There have been all kinds of sadnesses, heartbreaks, um, bad decisions, or like, shouldn't have done that. Wow. Um, okay. Pretty sure I learned that lesson a long time ago, but why did I fall into that trap? You know, I mean, like, it's just, it's how it happens, but it's whether they know where to come to. And, and even if they don't come straight back to your teachings, if they come to you, that is the source that will help them get to where they need to go. Well, and if you think about it, those teachings are always there. They might be at the furthest corner at the back of the mind, but they're there. I've heard multiple stories of people who are at their lowest points and, you know, maybe they're sitting at a bar drinking a beer, you know, trying to get rid of life's troubles. And they remember, oh yeah, my parents taught me this or, oh yeah, I remember so-and-so saying that. And then they go and seek advice from that person because they realize it as, you know, a truth or a source of strength. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So um, I have a dear friend and she has multiple children. One of her children decided to leave her faith and marry somebody outside of her faith. still a great faithful person, but marry somebody outside their faith. And so this couple, this new little couple, you know, started embarking uh, upon life with, you know, some mixed views of what life should be. They'd both been raised very differently from each other and stuff like that. And so they've had some uh, bumps, you know, along the way. I mean, I think multiple times now, my friend have said, I don't know if they're going to be able to make this marriage keep going. Uh, they're struggling, you know, they're going to therapy, they're, you know, whatever. And, and they're, they're working through some things. And the mother, um, you know, knowing that the daughter has rejected some things from her faith, right? But the mother said to her daughter a long time ago, listen, uh, you know, I love you more than anything. And you know who I am. And you know what I stand for. And you know what I believe. And I will always share that with you. No matter what you believe or do, I will always, as a service to you, be completely open and honest about um, you know, about my faith and what I know to be true, even if it's something that you may think differently about, you know, just so that you always have that constant there in your life that this is, you know, this is who I am. Plus I have to be honest, you know, and, and because the mother laid that foundation at the beginning, like, Hey, I, I'm not going to change who I am. I will always be that same person. I always have been for you. And so you can rely on that. And so sometimes if I start telling, you know, bearing a witness or something of something I, I believe religiously and talking about Jesus Christ and whatever, and, and you don't want that, um, just know that that's my mother love. Okay. Just know that's my mother love. And, and so because she laid that foundation, then that child, even though it started, she started adapting different things, um, with this, this other guy and, and who she married, um, has always kind of come back to her mom for advice, even though there is that difference there because the mom was not worried about offending the child. The mom said, I love you, love you, love you. And you know it, even though we've knocked heads, you know it. 
And you know that I will always listen to you. I will always be here for you. And I will always tell you the best advice I can, even if it's not the advice you want. And the, the daughter was like, okay. And this has turned out to be a great blessing in the life of the daughter and of the parent. So we're seeing something there um, that I think is really important for us to remember. And that is that um, us changing our core beliefs or our ideologies or whatever it is in order to match what our child might be experiencing socially or whatever is never going to help them in the long run. Okay. In fact, um, this mother and this daughter are very, very close. And the daughter calls her mom to counsel things on a regular basis, even though they still go to different churches. That's okay. That's okay. So, um, cause you know what, that girl has a long way to go in her life too. And who knows what could happen, you know, in the years yeah. to come, who knows? Yeah. I was actually talking with, uh, someone recently, uh, we were talking about, you know, religious differences and stuff like that. And, um, you know, this woman she brought up, she's like, yeah, you know, out of all of my children, you know, they all stayed the same religion as me, except one. And it was really, really hard on me when they converted to a different religion. And, uh, you know, she even teared up, you know, she's, she's this old lady. Um, but you know, you could see that it's still, it still hurt a little bit. Cause it was a long time ago. Yeah. It was like, this was like 30 years ago or something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but it was, it was nice to have that conversation, um, because me knowing her children, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, you know, from what I've seen, like, yeah, they're a different religion, but a lot of the truths that they have found and the things that they believe in came because you had a solid, consistent foundation based in what you, you knew to be true. Mm-hmm. So even if, you know, even though they are a different religion, they still come to you because they know that you are consistent in your faith and that you will always be there for them no matter what. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I thought that was so touching. Like, even though, you know, she, she felt like a part of her had been betrayed, you know, and I think a lot of people go through that, especially with those religious changes. If, you know, children decide well, or if else, but... people start doing drugs and going a different lifestyle, yeah, it's, it's a like, betrayal uh... of, you know, principles yeah. taught mm-hmm. for a lot of people like, ouch, mm-hmm. you know, you betrayed me and you betrayed what our family believes in. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, that, necess- that isn't always necessarily the case. In, in some cases, it definitely is. But it hurts. It can hurt mm-hmm. really bad. Regardless, that there's pain there um, that feels like it. And I think that's the, that's the thing is how do we, what do we do, you know, with that, with that pain that is there, right? Um, I, I know my friend, she said, I'm just so glad that she is such a faithful person in her newfound faith. And you know what, Nicolene, I know that the truths and the principles she taught when she was, when we taught her when she was a child, they're still there. I know they are. And like you said, with your friend, um, 30 years later, the, that foundation is still there. Those truths and principles are still there. You just can't get away from the upbringing that you have, you know, try as you might, that's your story. It's still there. It's still part of you. Well, a lot so of parents times, need to have faith in that teaching, yeah. you know. Well, a lot of times the things that you learn when you're young, you use those to compare 
to what you're learning and the new things that you're trying. In fact, that's, that's all you do, you know, Mm -hmm. like, okay, how does this compare to what mom and dad taught me? Or, you know, how is this different? You know, it's the comparison is there all the time. And so a lot of times I know for me, you know, there have been things that you and dad have taught me that maybe, you know, I didn't like at the time, but I always compared it to different situations that I saw as I was going through life. You know, even now that I'm married, um, I mean, I would say I still hold true to 95% of the things I was taught, but, you know, as a person who makes my own choices, I'm like, okay, well, here's what I was taught. How does this compare to what I just learned? Mm-hmm. You know, and especially once you hit college, like, oof, you have to do a lot of comparison to your, your values and your beliefs. Um, yeah. Cause there's <laughs> a especially lot of- depending on where you go, but <laughs> lot of worldviews being thrown yeah. at you and you're like wait a minute I had this you like maybe biblical Christianity worldview and now I'm like what is this yeah mm-hmm. so that-, that comparison is real and so but it's because of that agency and that you know that ability to choose what and who you will follow that you know people may make a decision you're like well that's not what I would have done and that's not what I thought you would have done based off of what I taught you but it works or, well, hopefully you learn from it. You know, (laughs) you don't know how many times dad and I have had that conversation about foster children and about you guys. Well, I hope I'm sure it happened about me. I have no, I hope that they learn this lesson. I hope that they see this ultimately after this situation. I hope, you know, um, I mean, there was a time when you were dating another guy and we were like, I really hope that she sees clearly and that she learns from this, what she needs to learn from this. When I did. And, <laughs> yeah. And we didn't tell you what to do. Do you remember that? Like you wanted me, you wanted me to tell you what to do. The guy mm-hmm. wanted to marry you. He wanted, you know, and, and I was like, Oh, please no. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> and, um, but you, but you were like, oh, but he loves me so much, right? But then I had to see, like, do I really, like, reciprocate that? Or, like, these are some red flags I've noticed. Are they actually going to be an issue? And in the end... It had to take some time. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to get over the, oh, infatuation stage and mm-hmm. actually look at things. <laughs> yeah. And say, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Just because he loves me does not make it right, right? Like, we have to be really careful about that. Yeah. No, there's... And- I remember us having a conversation. I'm like, you know, mom... I could see myself being married by this time. And I'll bet your brain was going, Oh, please don't. You know, <laughs> I was like, not to that guy. Come yeah. on. Well, it was you funny. Know, Cause like so I was funny. still married by that time, but to my now husband, a different guy. I was yeah. like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> At the same. So that was a very quick uh, courtship engagement. Yes. But, but, it, but so funny that you actually did end up predicting that mm-hmm. about yourself, but you were like, for some reason, it was got to be this guy then because there's not enough time. And then all of a sudden you had like a Hallmark story and then whatever. Anyway, <laughs> and so it was like, okay. Um, and we found the amazing Joseph Balmer. Who we yeah. Well, I mean, like yeah. blessings do come from those things. Like, you know, case in point. Yeah. So, and especially like with Quinn's story, like he's doing great. He's, he's the happiest uh, I've ever seen. Never better. Never better. Yeah. He's, there's been so many things about his, his life that have just come together. Um, and, and you know what, I think he might have needed to go through that experience for whatever reason, as hard as it was, as painful 
as it was, boy, will he ever appreciate life now, you know, in all of its beauties and, and everything else in just a different way. And so it's beautiful to see, but yeah. Okay. So there's, there we go. Do not believe the myth that Nicolene Peck's children never make mistakes. But (laughs) we do. Just remember that we, in our family, we hold to principles. We, we have skills that we use. We hold to principles. We discuss openly with each other. We maintain a good relationship with each other. And this is what helps us get through some of these bumps. So let's talk about um, what not to do. So uh, you can't control their choices. Okay, so that's super important. You, as much as you would love that, uh, there really is no way for you to especially once they hit adult age for you to be like no you cannot do that i mean you could threaten be like i'm not paying for your school unless um you're not going to be able to have your phone plan that's manipulation it it is it's power struggling so true so don't go there um don't go there let them grow up be adults and um they are going to have to make their own decisions however your role is that because you're still their parent so what does that mean once they're an adult That means that you are now an advisor, hopefully a trusted advisor. Hopefully you have built a good relationship so that that will always be there. And so have a little foundational conversation with them. And if things have already been going a little awry, maybe have a little conversation like, hey, you know, I know we have some differences, but where do we want our relationship to go? Can we just talk relationship and not any of the issues, not religion, not lifestyle, pop culture, nothing. Let's just talk about our relationship. Where do we want it to go? And you've got to start there. That is the most important thing because in the end, that relationship ties them to all the truths you hope that they will live one day, that you taught them one day, that they even embraced one day. It is that relationship that is going to make them go, those principles are always an option. They're always an option. I could choose to acknowledge them, you know, and then when they make bad mistakes and they do things that hurt them, oh, pray for them, keep praying for them, but don't take it personally though. Because if you take it personally, you might even get angry at them or stuff like that. And it, it tends to push it. them away. Like yes. I've noticed from personal experience, just like being married, you know, about a year, give it a couple of days. Woohoo. Um, <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Happy anniversary. Thank you. Um, but, you know, just being married and trying to control some of Joseph's actions. It does not bring us closer together, you know, cause I'm the type, you know, I, I have a very, if you're familiar with the color code, a very red personality. You're a dominator. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Alpha female, you know, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I've noticed when I do try to control him or uh, even sometimes, you know, I've found myself stooping to manipulation just because I'm like, I don't want him doing this. It's, it does not help our relationship. And he actually pulls away. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I don't want that. Uh, sorry. <laughs> you know, yeah. and so, but, you know, because I'm a very uh, person that analyzes my actions a lot, I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's try something else. You know, let's go for, you know, I love you. And you no, know, this is kind of what I'm hoping that we'll achieve together. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I'm going to let you make your own decisions, but this is what I'm hoping for. Mm-hmm. I love that. Because all corrections and everything should be done in love. And when we have to sort through a problem, let's do it in love, right? So, uh, so that love thing, that's a real thing. We got to maintain it no matter what. And I know I, I mentioned before that um, I started saying to my children, hey, I love you no matter what, no matter what. 
It yeah. doesn't matter. There is nothing you could do that would chase my love from you. I mean, try, you could knife me in the heart and I'd be like, I love you. This was really bad, but I love you. And I'm like that, I mean, <laughs> but I love you. Like there's no way the grief would be acute because I love you so much. Right. That someone would do something like that. But, um, yeah, so we got to be careful. So don't take it personally, mistakes, uh, trust in the learning process. This is super important. People learn, they learn over life, they learn over time. And sometimes they end up learning the hard way. Like even when you told them the right thing, just for whatever reason, they have to learn the hard way. And so that's just how it is. I mean, some of them are just a little bit stubborn. Quinn was a little stubborn on a few things. He didn't want to say I really... was very stubborn. You were stubborn on some things, but at the same time, always humble enough though, like stubborn in your decision-making, but then humble enough to go, uh, is this problem I'm seeing because of something I did, you know, like you, you would come kind of come back. That's true. I always brought myself into the factor. I'm like, am I causing this? (laughs) Yeah, you you did. So, so, you know, you have that in there too. We all have our little things, you know, our little idiosyncrasies, our little quirks that we have to work through. And, and that's just, that's just how it is. We overcome stuff. Um, but don't judge them either. Don't, don't spend your time judging. Don't spend your time comparing all the worldly conversations and political conversations to them. What you have to do is you have to focus on opening up the communication and, and the relationship. So you've got to let the issue go. If the issue is they have decided to, uh, you know, pursue a different lifestyle maybe even a different sexual lifestyle or whatever that then you would normally consider appropriate or whatever. Even if you have to say to yourself, but who are they? They are my child. They are also in my mind, always a child of God. Like he loves all of us. And so I have to maintain that. And so then you have to say to yourself, okay, so, so I'm going to, I'm going to ask for more love. Then if I'm a praying person, I'm going to go to God and say, help me have more love. I need to have more love for this child. Um, I might have to maintain some boundaries. You know, I might not show up to certain events or certain parades or whatever that somebody else might, but that doesn't mean that my love ever departs from the person. And I would just have a conversation and make that really clear. Be like, I love you beyond measure. I love you no matter what. I will love you until the la- my last day and beyond. And that is just it. And so, but I want you to know that that doesn't mean that our, our lifestyle choices or what we think is best for a lifestyle are going to always agree. So I may not wave a flag and say, this is best, this is best, but I always love you, right? Um, And just, you have to maintain that because I think a lot of people think that love is synonymous with like full on- Support everyone's actions. Acceptance of absolutely every single thing a person wants to do. Well, if there is a person who is taking crack and- I'm never going to say, it's so awesome you're taking crack. Like, I'm never going to do that. I'm going to say, okay, how can I help you? Um, I really love you a lot. And how can I help you? What, What do you need in your life so that maybe you don't have to have that? Because do you like what it does? You know? And, and maybe we, it wouldn't be the first conversation we wouldn't be getting to that, right? Maybe a little bit down the road, but I, but I might be just offering to help in some of the ways and showing my love in other ways. And this right there is more of that fruits. Okay. That we mentioned at the beginning, um, by their, your fruits, they know you, 
they know you. So the, you can't always maintain one dialogue. Maybe it's politics, maybe it's religion, maybe it's whatever it is. Uh, don't maintain that one dialogue all the time. Let them know, hey, I am who I am and I'm going to share my thoughts, but, but I also want to hear yours and I'm okay with that. Um, but sometimes if you've got little children around who you really don't want to be influenced by certain conversations, you might have to also decide when those conversations can and can't happen and say, hey, listen, um, I know that, you know, one day you'll have your own children, you'll understand, but um, I, I do have to be in charge of what messaging right now hits these children. And so I'm going to, we're going to keep it in a certain place. Okay. Please respect that. And I will continue to respect for sure what's going on in your life. And, and I know that's hard, but you have to have some of these just like open conversations. So there are key principles. Okay. Um, look for key principles that you can follow, such as the inspired structure of the family. Keep with that. That's a key principle. Patience. That is a key principle, which means you can't force everybody all the time. And the opposite of trust of force is trust. That's another key principle. Trust in the learning process. Maybe you don't even always trust that person right now because maybe they lie or they've done some things. But trust in the learning process. Trust that somehow good always shows itself and that that person can find it. And uh, throw some prayer in there too, you know, with your trust. Um, and then another principle is love. Love, when you love somebody um, and that you can support their progress on this learning journey that they're on, even if you can't support their lifestyle. So are they becoming honest? Are they doing good in their careers? Are they um, reaching out and serving and loving other people? Uh, even if it's not in the exact way you would do it, if, if they're doing that type of progress personally and developmentally, you can support that, right? Um, and, then, and then you can continue to love, even if you still have other things that maybe you differ on. But it's, it's absolutely okay to differ on things. There are people, there are dear friends of mine who they believe one way about abortion. I believe another way about abortion, but we are dear friends. Dear friends, you do not have to agree with every single thing in order to call somebody a family member or a friend. In fact, you can't get rid of those family members. So, so make sure <laughs> that you uh, don't let things divide you when it's the relationship that's needed to bring someone to truth in the end. Yeah. I know something that really helped me while we were growing up is I remember you and dad sitting us down one time. Yeah. I think it was really only just once. And you said, you know, you guys are going to make mistakes and that's okay, but we want you to come to us and we, we want you to know that we will never get angry. Mm. And you never did. I remember there was one time I was messing around and I broke some plates or something and, you know, I was kind of scared, but I'm like, Oh wait, they're not going to get angry. Like, yeah, I messed up, you know, I broke some dishes, but you know, I remember when I came and told you, you're like, Oh, okay. You know, let's, let's take care of that. Mm -hmm. And then how did this happen? Oh, okay. Well, let's not do that next time. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and I may have had to pay for a dish or two, but um, you know, I knew I could come to you about anything, even if it was something more serious, because I knew you wouldn't get angry and you wouldn't take it personally. Mm. I think that brings a really good point up Paige, And that's that, well, multiple good points there actually. But, um, but one good point is that, you know, when your child is sometimes in their teen years or adolescent years or that they could seem like they're going away from you too. And you're like, wait, I've done everything. They went to the best school. I homeschooled them. I, whatever, you know, you're like, what is going on? How come they act like they hate my guts, you know, uh, or whatever. Um, that, 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 you know, 
this is all these principles that we're talking about here apply to that time as well, right? That we need to make sure that we keep that that safe feeling like, hey, mistakes happen. People are going to mess up. You've got a lot to go through in this life. We're here for you, right? That's an important thing for them to know that. Now, also, you know, obviously, if they're still young and they're minors in your home and you still have to be teaching them, that doesn't mean you treat them like an adult yet, right? You tell them, hey, it's going to be okay. We can, mistakes are going to happen. It's all right. Um, but, but then you also have to say, you know, there's some things that we're going to have to correct and let's, let's fix this. Let's do it this right way. This is the skill we need to remember in this situation. You know, there might even be negative consequences, but there doesn't ever have to be distance in the relationship. There can always be that feeling of love and acceptance and um, bonding unity that exists Mm -hmm. in that relationship. So super good point there. That was uh, yeah, that was a great, a great thing for us to bring in mind, Mm -hmm. you know, we do so much. I always tell people, I work too hard at this thing (laughs) called parenting. I work too hard to just turn them over to just any other source, to just any TV, to just any other person. Like I really do. But, but here's the deal. We work so hard. We try to make it the best we can. But in the end, you know, as well as I do, that you had your own hard knocks in life. I did too. We all did. And that's just one of the ways that people learn. And hopefully we've given them enough in those home years that they can always turn back to it. But when they are old, they will not depart from the teachings that we have given them. And I do believe that's a principle. I think those teachings stay there forever. The older we get, the older they get, the more they see the wisdom in those teachings, the more they come back to them. And sometimes even when they're in their 60s, they go, I think I'm going to show up to church today, you know, or whatever it is, and things change. And so, um, so don't forget the things you're teaching your children, they stick. And so that's why we want to make sure that we teach them really good principles. It's important. Oh, thank you for joining us on the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. Hopefully this helps you be able to cope with other people's choices and to be able to still have that great influence and that love for them, despite the fact that things may not be perfect sometimes, but have hope in the future and continue to value them and love them. And you will end up becoming the best version of yourself just because you're deliberately making those choices as well. Anyway, if you wanna find more out about principles and skills of self-government, please be sure to go to teachingselfgovernment.com where you can find so much more. We will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.